today, I'm doing a Christmas Advent sort of themed message called Seeing Christmas with the Eyes of a Child today. That's our topic. That is a picture of Caspian looking at our Christmas tree. Donna had, collects Christmas ornaments. She has uh, an uncountable number. I don't know how many ornaments are on our tree. It really is in the thousands. We, we, have, we have the second largest Christmas tree in Portland. The one downtown of Pioneer Square is the biggest. Ours is second. It's covered with ornaments. And she can tell you every ornament, where it came from, what part of the world, who bought it, who made it, what year it happened. I, on the other hand, am kind of of the mindset, let's get them on the tree. Um, but when Caspian comes over, he's very intrigued. And he loves to look at each one. And he actually really enjoys Grandma Donna telling him the story of each one. And there's something about that. There is a certain awe, a certain wonder, and a certain mystery. And we're going to talk about mystery today. That is a biblical term, by the way, uh, that surrounds Christmas in the eyes of a child that I think some of us have lost. So let's pray. Lord, thanks for uh, just having fun today in your presence and being together and uh, helping us with you know, technical stuff. And just pray you'd open our hearts this morning. Help us to receive from you and really hear your heart. Okay. I got her. I don't need you too. How much character can one guy have? Amen. Jeez. It's not the worship leader. It's the sound man. They're all out of control. The Bible says, stop it. Colossians 2, and hey, I'm just off the top, right in the beginning, I'm going to just say right now, I did not call either Emmy or Lori and talk to them about what I was going to teach on today. They, did, they had no idea. Did I tell you what I was going to, did I share with you what I was going to, no. So, that was really God that they shared what they did. Colossians says, my goal, Paul's writing to the Colossian church about them, themselves, and also another church, and he says this, they... These two churches. My goal is they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That is a really weird thing to say. That's a weird statement. And here's why. A mystery. He says, I want them to have the full understanding so they'll know the mystery. Now, a mystery is actually something that we don't know, and typically we're trying to eliminate the mystery. We don't want to know the mystery. We want, we want to figure it out, right? You understand what I'm saying? Anybody um, ever do what I do? You're reading a mystery, you know, whether it's a whodunit or whatever, a novel, and you flip to the end and you read who did it. No, you guys are much better than me. I cheat. I read the end and then I go back. Because uh, I want to know. I don't like not knowing. I want to figure it out. Uh, Paul here is saying he wants them, his goal is that they'll have the full riches of understanding so that they will know the mystery. His goal is that th they're, they're saturated in, in the mystery of God. He wants them to fully experience the mystery of God. That is really, really profound. That is a profound and powerful, powerful 
truth, and reality. And it's really so lost on us. It's so lost in our culture today. We, we really do. We live in this information age. And we want to know everything. We don't like mystery. We want to figure everything out. And, and I, I know some of you, I know Shane does this. I'm like this too. If you, anybody asks a question, you look it up immediately. I'm going to find out right now. I am not going to wait I, I, because I can find that out. My kids, I lo- they, they, when I was a kid, if you wanted to learn how to do something, you had to actually go find someone else to teach you how to do that thing. You know, they, they just look it, on YouTube, look it up on YouTube. My son's out doing brakes in his car. I go, how do you, how do you learn how to do brakes? So I just watch it on YouTube. They, everything's on YouTube. You, you don't have to find anybody to teach you. There's somebody out there, that, anything. You can learn anything you want. We, we want to have all the answers all the time. And when it comes to our faith, I think that has sort of carried over. We want to figure it out. We want to know everything there is to know. Uh, and, I, and I think there's, that's, that's a little bit of a loss. There's something lost in that. There, it's, it's so funny to me. There used to be a show, I don't know if it's still anymore, not on the radio, called The Bible Answer Man. And I just thought that was always so funny. And, and I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to help people understand the Bible, right? I'm not putting the guy down, but I just thought the name of the show was hilarious. The Bible Answer Man. I've got all, like, I've got all the answers. I wanted to do a show. I used to think, I'll do my own show, and I'll call it The Bible Question Man. And you can call in and ask questions. And you go, hey, Bob, I'm I'm wondering about, the Old Testament says these guys live to be 900 years old. What's that all about? I don't know. Great question. Thank you. And just, you know, hey, I was reading about Jonah. You know, was that a, do you think that was a whale or was that a giant grouper fish? I don't know. Hey, that's a cool question. Thank you very much. Hey, what about the dinosaurs? You know, where are they at? I just think it'd be fun. Good question. Very good. You know, we don't know the answer to those things. I like Billy Graham. Billy Graham says, I love Billy Graham. He's 95. He's still kicking. He says, the older I get, the longer I'm in ministry, the less I know. And I go, he really figured it out. He got it. It's a mystery. And the more you know, that's what Paul's praying for right here. The more you know, the less you know. The more you know, the greater the mystery becomes. The more you understand Jesus, the more mysterious, the more amazing he becomes. Paul's saying the complete understanding, as you really grow in your understanding of him, he just becomes that much more mysterious, and the, the, the appreciation in your heart for that mystery grows. There's practical knowledge in life. There are things that we, we know about and we can learn about, and we, we can learn practical things. You know, the, uh, the, 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 the earth rotates around the sun, and people, scientists, guys, can they're smart. They can figure that out, and they can explain that to us. They can tell us how that works. You can learn anything. You can fix a car. You can learn how an internal combustion engine works. You can learn complex things like DNA and astrophysics. You can learn that stuff. But then there's another kind of understanding that really, really is mysterious, that's so mysterious that God alone is in this place where the more you know, the less you really know. And that is what is truly wonderful. I I was thinking about this word this week and how we misuse the word wonderful. If you go out for a really nice dinner to a really nice restaurant and somebody says, hey, how was dinner? You might say, oh, it was wonderful. And what you mean is, it was really, really good. But what the word wonderful really means is it was filled with wonder. You're not saying, oh, my dinner was wonderful. I was wondering what I was eating. 
It was some. It was mystery meat, and I'm not sure. It might have been uh, alligator or something else. It might have been nutria. I don't know. Um, you're not saying that. But that's what it means. Wonderful really means filled with wonder. It's mysterious. It's awesome. I don't, it's so far beyond my understanding that I don't get it. And, and I want to say today, here's the thing, and this is what I, I really feel about what both of you guys shared this morning. Um, Jesus is, is the most wonderful thing that there is. It's, he's wonderful. I want to say, if, if God being born in a manger isn't the most wonderful thing you've ever heard, then you're missing the boat. If that's not the most, if God, Almighty God, creator of heavens and earth, being born as a little baby in a manger isn't the most wonderful thing you've ever, wonderful, full of wonder thing you've ever, Christmas is the most wonderful thing there is. The, the challenge, here's the challenge. I'll, t- I'll just, this is a, l- a little insight into the mind of a pastor. Um, Christmas every year, this happens, and it happens not only to me, but every pastor. You can't ignore it. You can't pretend it's not happening and not talk about Christmas, right? It's Christmas, Jesus' birth. You have to do a Christmas message. The challenge is trying to figure out something to say because you've said it all before. You've covered, I, I looked at my notes. I pulled all my old notes on all my Christmas messages, and I've done multiple messages about Mary. I've done messages about Joseph, about the shepherds, about the wise men about the angels, about uh, Zechariah, about Herod, about, uh, you know, everyone, everything. I've covered all the bases. How, how do you come up with something new to say about a story that's so familiar? And the irony of that is it's the most wonderful, the most mysterious, the most awesome thing that ever happened, and it's hard to come up with something new to say about that. And, and really, here's the thing. I mean, not just Christmas, but life is like that a little bit, isn't it? Do you ever find yourself in a rut? Anybody? Do you ever find yourself, life just sort of becomes repetitive, it becomes dull, it becomes kind of boring, same old, same old stuff. And, and have you ever realized in, in one of those moments that you've actually stopped seeing the wonder in life? Have you, have you ever thought of that? Last week, I, I read to you guys several quotes from a, a little uh, Christmas devotional, Advent devotional uh, collection of, of uh, writings, by, mostly by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And I want to read you another one this morning. It's a little bit longer than the others, so read with me because it's worth, it, I mean, it's just so good what he has to say. A human life is worth as much as the respect it holds for the mystery. We retain the child in us to the extent that we honor the mystery. Therefore, children have opened wide-awake eyes because they know that they are surrounded by the mystery. They're not yet finished with this world. They still don't know how to struggle along and avoid the mystery as we do. We destroy the mystery because we sense that here we reach the boundary of our being because we want to be Lord over everything and have it at our disposal. And that's just what we cannot do with the mystery. Living without mystery means knowing nothing of the mystery of our own life, nothing of the mystery of another person, nothing of the mystery of the world. It means passing over our own hidden qualities and those of others and the world. It means remaining on the surface, taking the world seriously, only to the extent that it can be calculated and exploited 
and not going beyond the world of calculation and exploitation. Man, what a deal. <laughs> Kids are really amazing. And here's my theory. I've, I figured this out. I've watched it. Uh, somewhere around 12, we lose that. You almost become a teenager and you become cool. And you sort of lose that mystery of life. And you start, you know, teenagers say they're bored. They're bo I'm bored. I'm so bored. There's so much to do and they're so bored. Little kids, young ones, three, four, five, six, seven, they, they're, they're, have you ever noticed, they're in awe of everything. They're in awe of everything. Yeah, I was telling you, Casimir, uh, looking at the lights, he loves Christmas. He loves Christmas lights. He loves Christmas decorations. Last year, uh, he was two and a half. And we, I used to put Christmas lights up on our house when our kids were little, and as they got older, I stopped doing that. We had no lights. It was about a 10-year you know, period of darkness. And, uh, and then we had, a, we, we had a grandson, and I started putting lights up again. And not only did I put lights up, but I, I added lights because it was so special. So last year, uh, they're going to come over and see the lights. And they're driving over. Caspian is very, very excited. So Aaron pushes the record button on her phone, and she's recording the car ride on the way over to our house. And I get this thing, and it's Caspian's voice, and he's two and a half. He goes, I see something. I see something. I, oh, oh, I see something pretty. I see something pretty. And he's so excited as they're, they're driving, looking at lights. And I just thought for myself, man, I wish I was like that. I got Christmas lights, whatever, you know. But the heart of a child, the eyes of a child, it's so awesome. So here's what I did, and this is why I had you all move over here. Uh, I reached out to some of our moms this week, our mothers, and I said, hey, uh, kids are so full of awe. Would you help me? Uh, just pictures worth a thousand words. I want to, I want people to get a sense of awe today, and I got, I got some help with that. So here's a few. There's, I hope you can see those good enough. Those guys are at the zoo there. They're they're looking at through the thing. Caspian's looking at the lake. That's kids are just outside at the park. How do you, do you guys do that at the park? No, you don't do that at the park. Johnny got a little fish. He's happy. He's with dad. Oh no! Look at that man. Caspian's looking out. Just look at the woods there. That's I like that. That's pretty good. Look at those guys. I, I, I have no idea what just happened right there, but whatever it was, it was good. It was just awesome. And I like that one too. Look at that man. I mean, that's just. Uh, see, we don't we don't do that. We don't have that in us anymore. See, eyes of a child. Everything is everything is wonderful. Everything is awesome. Everything is so, you know. And, and here's the thing: Christmas, we we're so familiar with it, you know, and we kind of. Yeah, I know. I heard it before. God is became a human being. He was born as a little baby in a manger. And angels visited his mother, visited his father, visited his uncle, visited shepherds in a field. Hello. Angels visited shepherds in a field. And kings and wise men traveled across countries. Oh, GPS, they were led by a star. Oh, yeah, I know. I've heard all that. That is the most amazing story ever. And, and we, you know, we lose it. We get up, 
make coffee, go to work, pay the bills. Oh, yeah, it's Christmas. Uh, you know, buy the tree, check, you know, uh, mail cards, check. We kind of go through the list. We do the things. It's all so routine. It's the same old, same old story, same old story. We've heard this story so many times. Caspian also, uh, and I'm using him today. Aaron's not here, so I can talk about him. Um, but no, just kidding. Because, because he's so fo- he, he just reminds me of all this. He loves to read books, and he loves to read the same book over and over again. We have a book called Going on a Bear Hunt, and it's his favorite book. And every time he comes over, he wants me to read it to him. And he knows every word of the book. He knows every, there's sounds, you know, when you walk through the forest, it goes, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. and when you walk through mud, it goes, whoosh, whoosh. and he knows every sound, and he knows every word in the book, and he knows at the very end of the book, you see the bear, and you run back, and you hide under the covers, and we pull the covers, and ooh, the bear's coming, and he, and, he, and, he, and he loves it, and he gets excited about it every time, and I was just thinking, what if the Christmas story was like that? What if we knew every word of it, we knew every, every sound, every, every bit, every detail, and yet it was so full of fun and wonder and awe that every time we read it, it was like that again. It was fresh and new and exciting. Patton once said we go to war because we're bored. And I just thought, man, that's, isn't that true? We got nothing to do. Let's kill people. Uh, where, how do we regain that sense of wonder? How as adults, as cynical, jaded people, do we get that back again? I think it starts here. I think it actually starts. Oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you about that. Uh, I, I will. I'll tell you about that too, because it was part of the the deal with the the same old thing, you know. In Hawaii, uh, in Maui, uh, every night at sunset, everybody drops what they're doing. I love this. It's 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 one of the most awesome times. Everybody stops at whatever they're doing, and they go out and stand on the shore and watch the sunset. It's like, we're not going to miss it. And we were there a couple years ago, and everybody's out watching the sunset. And it was a nice sunset. They're nice every night, really. Uh, and, and as the sun set into the water, the, there's like hundreds of people that lining the beach. They all broke out into applause. And it was the most amazing moment. I got, I cried. I stood at the beach crying because it was like worship. I'm like, people are worshiping. They're, they're clapping for God because he made such a beautiful thing. And the thing was, it's not just another sunset. Here's the thing. It's, it's this sunset happening right here, right now, and it'll never happen again. That sunset will never happen again. There'll be another one tomorrow, but it won't be that one. And we have to, we, we have to look at that one like that's the only one. There's wonder and awe in that. We get that back, really, and I think here's where we get that back. When we begin to look at what happened, in the Christmas story, what is it really about this God being born in a manger? God, with, God, God is with us. God with us. When you begin to just think about God came to be one of us, to be with us, to identify with us, you, you can begin to recapture a little bit of that. And I want to read from Colossians again. And again, we had, there was no in, in sync on any of this. But for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Okay, just, I mean, I just want you to take that verse today, go home, read it again, and just think about it for a little while. Think about God. Just in your mind, think about God. How big is God? How, what does that mean to be God? 
And then I want you to think he lives in a body, and he's a human being. And when God did that, he did something radically, radically, radically new. He did something that had never been done before. He changed all the rules. God became a person. God wanted to identify with you and I and what we go through in our lives so much that he said the only way I can do that is to become a person, to be with you, to be fully present, to be right here, right now. And I think if we want to recapture that ourselves, we have to begin to live incarnationally. God, we say Jesus was God incarnate in human form. We need to begin to live our lives incarnationally. We need to begin to be as he was with one another, fully present here right now all the time. Paul tells us that in Ephesians be imitators, and the word imitators is mimitai in the Greek. It means mimic, of God. Be imitators of God. Live in love as Christ loved us and gave his life for us. That is another pretty amazing sentence. He doesn't say love. We think we have to love like Jesus loved. He says what? Not just love, but live in love. Live in love. Live in love. That's what Jesus did. He lived in love. Be imitators of that. Mimic him. Do what Jesus did. Live in love. He went beyond the boundaries. God was God. God said, I'm going to break the boundaries and I'm going to become a person. And that was radical. And we can do that too. We can say, I'm going to break the boundaries. I'm going to shatter the boundaries of my own life and who I am and, 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 the, and, and how I live. And I can be fully here, fully present and, and live in love with others all the time. Love isn't abstract. It's concrete. It, it really is. It, 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 it's played out. It's worked out here and now. It's present. It, it, it's actual. It's not a, it's not a theory. Biblical love is, is not a, a feeling. It's not a mindset. It's, it's, it's lived out in, in a very w- real way. And I think when we begin to live that way and, and push through our own boundaries, we, we begin to experience mystery again. Like Bonhoeffer says, I think we actually find the depth of life. I, I think when we, when we see people uh, as we see them, we become shallow, and we begin to see them as God sees them, and we begin to push the boundaries of our own fears and the boundaries of our own limits and the boundaries of what we want to do right now, which we all can identify. Man, I'm tired. I don't want to do that. Well, but when we push past that place, we, we begin to see things and see life differently, and we begin to really experience the mystery of Christ again. Um, you know, that same love, and here's the deal, that led God to become a little baby. You know, I love that too, because if I was God again, I, I think I would come as a superhero. You know, I mean, I'll just, I'll just, you can be a, you can, you could, he could have been an adult, right? You don't have to go through all that. No, he was born as a, a poor baby. You know, I just, uh, but we can, that same love that led him to do that can lead us to begin to live our lives incarnationally and, and really view life differently, live moment by moment. What's, what's the moment right now? What, what, what sunset is happening at this moment? Who's in front of me? How can I treat this person? How can I change what I'm thinking and, and feeling and knowing right now to incarnationally uh, capture where God is and what God is? See, we don't have that. Kids have that. I told you before, you know, I was walking with Caspian, and he, he, he picks up a leaf. He wants to look at the leaf and examine it. So we talk about the leaf. It was really fun, you know. And then he takes one more step, and he picks up the next leaf. 
And he wants to talk about that leaf and look at that leaf. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're never going to get anywhere if we pick up every leaf. And then I realized, well, he doesn't care if we ever get anywhere or not. He wants to see each leaf. And I just think, maybe, 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 I don't, you know, we can begin as adults to recapture a little bit of, you know, we're supposed to be childlike, right? That's what childlike faith is, and that's what childlike love really is, you know. There, there, there's something about not just looking at the world and looking at people, but looking into them and really experiencing what God's doing and saying right now. Seeing things, I think if you do that, and I, I promise you, if you do that this week, Christmas season, Advent's good time start, I guarantee you, money back, you will, you, you, you will see things that, that you've never seen before. You will see things you've never seen before. I, I guarantee you this. You will see things you've never seen. There, there's beauty and there's mystery and there's wonder out there all around us that we miss every day because we're so caught in our world and the limitations of our world. We push past that. So we can become incarnational, live in love as Jesus did, and really experience Christmas in a whole new way. Let's stand. We, we, we're doing okay on time. Would you, do you want to do that song? You, you don't have to. It's up to you. Okay, do something. All right, there we go. You can do something. Just do something. Yeah, let's.